What's good, Divine Gang Gang? Welcome to another episode of Reading the Cliff Notes of How Rich People Think by Steve Siebold. Y'all know I love his style. He is one of those authors that I feel like sometimes he just writes something and he could just drop the mic and exit stage right. Like, (laughs) love it. And you guys already know I love the subtitle. Uh, Subtitle says, Turn Your Ambition uh, to action. So this is for that type of person who is ambitious, is driven, um, but is ready to turn it into tangible results. Um, all about um, producing in the 3D things that we can enjoy. So let's get right into it. Chapter seven. It says, middle class believes money is about status. World class believes money is about freedom. Among the many money issues perceived, misperceived by the general public is the notion that acquiring great wealth is more about showing off than creating choices. While money certainly brings status, it's acquired mostly for the purpose of attaining personal liberty. It's impossible to be truly free without wealth. The middle class is controlled by employers, government, and other entities with superior resources who dictate what they can and cannot do. It's tough to make a moral stand for freedom when you're worried about making your next mortgage payment. That's whole entire facts, okay? Rich people can afford to stand up and fight oppression. They can afford to buy their way out of unhealthy work environments, excuse me, bad bosses and other unpleasant situations. They have the means to enlist the best doctors when they get sick and are able to make themselves as comfortable as possible when they can't get well. When they want to voice their opinions, they call their congressman, who wouldn't even consider not returning their call. When the rich want to raise money for business for uh, want to raise money for business, politics, or charity, a few phone calls to their rich friends is all it takes. If they need more money, they throw a party or host an auction and charge a thousand dollars a ticket. The examples of how money buys freedom are endless. The middle class and the world class might live in the same world, but they do not share the same level of freedom. While this infuriates the masses, it motivates the ambitious to get rich. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying this is a right or the wrong way society should be. I'm saying this is the way it is. Instead of wasting your mental energy getting mad, Directed toward getting rich. Steven Siebel drops mic, exit stage. Period. All right, let's get into the rich resources, the critical thinking uh, question and the action step. And then you have my blessings and you are free to go and be bold in your action for the rest of this week. So the rich resource that he is recommending that you read is the, the perfect portfolio. A revolutionary, 
A Revolutionary Approach to Personal Investing by Leland B. Hebner. Mm, I love that. Revolutionary Approach to Personal Investing. That's a whole gem right there, you guys. Um, I, I can say that within the last, at this point, four years, four to five years, I've I've started to learn that the difference between the middle class and the wealthy is also investing, right? The knowledge, the financial freedom that comes with that. But that's that's another. So that book, like I'm telling you, I'm going to get it's another book I need to add to my shelf. Like, oh. Anyways, so the critical thinking question, do you believe being rich will increase your level of freedom? I want you to think about that. Do you believe being rich will increase your level of freedom? Mm. Action step. Make a list of the freedoms you will gain when you are wealthy. I could think of 10 right off the bat, right? But go ahead and do that, right? Make a list of the freedoms you will gain when you are wealthy. So that's it. I want to also encourage you, if you've been enjoying these, you will definitely want to join me on Thursdays for the Science of Being Rich. Um, Very complimentary to the things that we are reading here. Okay? Um, It will change your life. So, those of you that are about to get into your Money Making Monday, um... More power to you, and we will see you again next here next Monday. So for those of you who just want to hear, sit back and listen to me muse a little bit, um, I love it. I think that this one is true um, for me because I think in the past I have associated wealth with um, with status. I can say, I I can say at this point, um, a lot of you know, my thing is I've been allowing myself to explore what it means to have passive income. That is one of the things that I think I came here for. So I've been exploring that and I'm looking forward to, I would say in about 12 months, I can, I can tell you the things that work and don't work for me. I know crypto is a great way to make passive income, um, learning the strategies and doing it, turning your cell phone into a, into an ATM. Um, but one of the things I love is I used to work 20 years in a, say, corporate setting, right? Um, at an institution, I worked my way up through the ranks, literally from the dish room up into... Um, somewhat better position, I think, given the circumstances and and my self-development at the time. And um, now that I'm independent, I love that I don't have to worry about, like even with this podcast, I can be as authentic as I need to be. I can change my mind um, if I need to. I can deal with the truths and deal with the nuances. And even as I'm looking at the hermetic principles uh, for the divine, uh, on the divine journey, let me see if I can pull it up real quick, is dealing with half-truths, right? 
And one of the things I noticed with, um, especially that runs very strong in divine masculines, is their ability to deal with the nuances. They're not really going to be fanboying over what someone says or following with, with groups. They're really able to um, have the courage to say, you know, that's partially true, or this is the full stats. Um, let me see if I can, so on the hermetic principles, there we go. Um, number four, the principle of polarity, that like or unlike are the same. All truths are but half-truths. Um, and so it's, it's one of the things I've observed and it's interesting to me is there are people whose sole income, for example, is just to be on YouTube. And so they're forced to have to stay within algorithms and looking at, you know, which topics are the most people gravitate towards um, and facing backlash for some of the things that they say and either rescinding from that or deciding if they want to continue to stand on what they said. So I think that, and, and I'll go ahead and even say this too. I think that why I'm able to pick up on that now is because I was, um, I also read another audiobook that was, it's called, um, I highly recommend that one too, is called The Game of Life and How to Play It. It was written in 1925 by Florence Shin, but um, she talks about there's four components that we need in order to be successful. And I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it again. Um, I didn't write down the first three because I thought I would know them, but I don't remember them. But the fourth one I wrote down because it stood out to me and it, and she talked about the importance of having, um, um, I want to get the, the words right here. Did I put stars on it? Uh, it will come to me. It was, um, freedom of expression. There it is. That, that's a phrase. Freedom of expression. And that really struck me because it made me think about how we as a whole, how many of us really haven't had the ability to freely express how we feel because of a job, because of what our peers might think, because of, you know, yeah, because of what other people might think. And so being wealthy allows you to do that. I, I had mentioned a while back when I started to see all the numbers for the resignations, um, the the 11 million <clears throat> this year and how many last year, when I started to, to reflect on what the mindset was, it's really powerful. We're going to be seeing some huge transformational changes, I would say, in the in the months to come, because you have to be in a certain mindset to believe that you're going to leave somewhere against all odds, and you're willing to take the, the risk and believe in yourself. And that takes courage. And so now that opens up the door that you have freedom of expression. Now you can really say how you feel. Now you can really say things with your chest and not be beholden to anyone. And that's a good feeling. And that's something that money, I think that's almost a difference between being, um, I think even rich and wealthy, because I noticed he does go back and forth. He uses the rich and wealth interchangeably. But I think that you can be rich and still be confined from freedom of expression. If you're wealthy, you don't have to worry about those type of things. Of course, you want to be responsible, but you want to be authentic too. 
right? There's so many beautiful things that he said here. Um, there was something else he said in here. I'm going to look through it real quick. I love here in the first paragraph, it talks about the middle class is controlled by employers, government, and other entities with superior resources who dictate what they can and can't do. So it just goes back to freedom of expression is a form of power in a sense also. It's about autonomy. And that is something that, yeah, you know, we talk about the things that money can't buy. But that's something that money can buy. That's awesome. Um, yes, this was the thing too. Okay, so another book that I'm reading right now, I'm not done with it yet, is um, The Power to Influence by, Max, by uh, Maxwell C. Powell. And this one, when, when um, Steve Siebel says, it's tough to make a moral stand for freedom when you're worried about making your next mortgage payment. That's a whole entire fact. And um, the power to influence by John C. Maxwell, he talks about that. He says, you know, it's hard for you to um, be a person of influence if you're depending on that, if you're depending on that person, which is, I think, an interesting dynamic, especially when you look at how churches are run. I've noticed that there, you know, churches are not really standing in their truth because of what the parishioners, their tithe paying parishioners um, will feel about it. Because I get the sense that even there is not a church amongst us that does not celebrate Christmas. We all know Christmas is a pagan holiday. If you were going to celebrate the birth of Christ, you would do it in the spring when he was truly born. But that would turn away a lot of tithe paying individuals and they just don't have the courage to do it. So they go ahead and put your kids in the, in the Christmas programs and practice the pagan practice, you know, use those pagan practices in keeping with that. Right. Um, Same thing with, with Easter, they allowed, you know, the, the Easter bunnies and the, eggs and those type of things around the time of the resurrection of Christ or the Christ resurrection, you know, death and resurrection, they don't have the courage to say, you know what, we don't believe in that because they would lose a lot of their parishioners. Right. Same thing when you're on the job, it's like, there were times where I know that in hindsight, there were lessons to be learned and I had to learn to have courage and how to say the right things and get the right outcome and kind of be manipulative in order to make a stance. But it was like, sometimes I would see, you know, people that were clients mistreated or, you know, not being taken care of the way that they should have and learning how to say that without having to jeopardize, you know, not being able to make a mortgage payment because I offended someone or pissed someone off or I'm going against the grain. Right? Those those are when, when, when he asks, you know, make a list of the freedoms you gain when you are wealthy. I love that transition too. It's, we talk a lot about the things that money can't buy. Okay, cool, boop, boop, boop whatever it's all cool beans but think about the things that come the freedoms that come with that <clears throat> the power that comes with that the autonomy that comes with that the freedom of expression that comes with that the ability to truly influence that comes with that it really brings out your inner gangster for real 
Okay, so it says, um, rich people can afford to stand up and fight oppression. And I love that, like, sentence by sentence, too, because when you li- when you read the book, The Science of Getting Rich, um, a lot of the times we can't really do things is because we don't have the means to really help people. I was talking with my parents. A lot of you know I grew up in the church, um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm learning to just be grateful. I think that because of that lifestyle, I've learned to... Um, like preened through different things that relate to that. But when it comes to community service, right? Um, every, we would have, I think it's like Dorcas or every uh, every Wednesday or Sunday, you could go to the church and they will give you the government cheese and you can buy clothes at a discount and it's just handouts, right? But I feel like, especially when you read the science of being rich, you start to understand if you really want to help people, you would give them a job. But these churches are not in a position to give people the jobs. You start to question why you have churches on the poorest neighborhoods. The church, one of the churches that I grew up to, I I, (laughs) um, I went to... um, There's one that's in a really affluent neighborhood. I've moved to that one. in my adulthood, myself, my parents stayed at the other one. Not that it matters, but the church that is has been there for years, I say all of that to say the church that has been there for years that I grew up with in the poorest neighborhood, and that community has not changed for the better at all. At all. I feel like if somebody from the community goes and says, you know, I need a roof over my head, you should be able to say, you know what, this dentist needs a dental assistance. We'll, we'll put you through a program for six months. And when you start to work there, then you can pay a hundred dollars back into this bank so that we can finance someone else to get another job or get certified to get a job. Okay. Um, even if it came to giving away food, I said, how powerful would it be if the church was to buy a plot of land and instead of just coming with your handout for government cheese you grew produce you guys have been dealing with talking about vineyards and orchards and and growing things right foods fruits vegetables what if they were to just come in and give five hours a week cultivating the soil picking the avocados picking the plums growing the carrots growing the tomatoes packaging it And then on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, they could come and pick up a basket because they put in the five hours of labor. Well, everything in excess of that or in abundance of that, you could now turn around and sell it and have a store and now run a store and hire people to work within that um, grocery store, right? Now you're giving them a job. Now you're you're cultivating the labor because one of the things that you need to understand too is it's, it's evil for you to give into something that's void that will not return there has to be an exchange there's actually like universal laws about um currency and exchange and flow right talking about freedom true freedom I love this other dynamic here about power. When they want to voice their opinions, they call their congressman who wouldn't even 
who wouldn't even consider not returning their calls. This is a gem, I think, especially for the Black community. You know, I think that for whatever reason, we think that we need to be in these streets with signs and and protesting. I have nothing. I up until this point, I understand the dynamics of pro, of protesting. I think everybody has played a role. I think it has served this purpose up until now. But you get to a point where the formulas are right in front of you, and you look at like what the Asians did. I have never seen any Asian protests, and yet they were able to get a. Um, anti-discrimination law earlier this year in 2021 at the time that I'm recording this. I have never seen an Asian, pro, you know, Asians protesting. But what they did do, though, is they made sure that they own your Thai food shops, they own your dry cleaners, they own your car washes, they own your um, hair salon, hair beauty um, supplies stores, Right. They work in communities, but when they called their congressman and said, we need this anti-discrimination law ASTAT, guess who was standing all around Biden, you know, got their, their stuff. The blueprints are right in front of us. And so that's why I think for me, it's like, I say I burn my cape. I, I explore what that means, right? I burn my cape and my cross. But if I can convince more of us of the value of the, the science behind getting rich and understanding that we need to be rich for ourselves and to follow the blueprints, simple phone call. Now that's powerful. That's a freedom that comes with wealth. That's amazing. That That's a deep statement right there. That was, you know, they say that the the gems are caught not taught that's a gem right within there when they want to express their voice their opinions they call their congressman who wouldn't even consider not returning their call we can complain and be upset and angry And all it takes is a phone call and people write things into legislation and write things into law and write things into existence that makes their life even better, that adds to their freedom. And that's why freedom of expression is is different, is, is, is so important. It's almost the difference between freedom of expression to protest and freedom of expression to call your congressman and which one brings you the best returns? Which one brings you true wealth? I love this one too. I, I've been toying with the idea of what it would mean maybe in like 36 months for me to just meet with those of you who've been with me my day ones somewhere like really exclusive and nice but it would have to be an expensive ticket because I'm not, you know, trying to like make no new friends or anything like that, but we could put the money towards a charity. Although Science of Being Rich talks a little bit about charities, but we could explore what it means to to fund for someone to, maybe for a child to go into coding, you know, pay for a child to take a coding class or trading class or something like that, right? We're looking at how we're, doing charity, charity difference. The science of being rich talks about charity um, in a different way that I think would trigger a lot of people, but is very necessary. 
But I love here that it says if they need more money, they throw a party or host an auction and charge $1,000 a ticket. The examples of how money buys freedom are endless. He talks about how we're in the same world, but we live in, we might be, the middle class and world class might live in the same world, but they do not share the same level of freedom. Isn't that something? And I'm going to wrap up with this one, right? Um, uh, some of you who've been following me in the other podcast, um, remember when I had mentioned one of the things I love about Ashera, um, uh, Shira Seven. She's a um, she's a woman who talks about dating and um, being a high value woman and making better dating choices and how to attract you know, the type of man that you're looking for. Um, but, and I'm one of those types. So I listen to what you say, but I listen to what you're really saying and the strategy and I see how you move. Um, and so with her, I've noticed that she is one of those people. Let me read the the, the line that I'm referring to. She says here, um, Stephen Siebel says, instead of wasting your mental energy getting mad, directed towards getting rich. Um, and I remember that, Ashera uh, 7, I think Shira 7, or Ashera Goddess, she, um, that's what she says. She says, before you go and you get mad and you blow up this man's phone and you're angry at him, for one, you know, next time you got to think smarter and strategize and never get yourself in that situation again. But at the same time, if you're going to, you know, be mad, just think of a way to make them pay. And that was a game changer for me too, because I started to think about, we've been studying the, the planetary placements and we know that there's going to be a little bit of chaos and uh, conflicts and, and communication with the boss and on the job. And it's one thing to know that it's coming. And it's another thing to know, okay, as soon as, as something starts to go wrong in the job, I'm free to think outside of the box and be innovative and problem solve instead of getting angry or getting stuck. It's another thing, it's on a whole other level, instead of getting mad and just solving the problem to think about how to benefit from that. And I toyed with the idea of what it would mean for you to have enough, because I talked um, in another podcast about how, you imagine being rich enough to walk into a bank and knowing the bank, the branch manager, the branch manager knows your name. That's how much money you need to have to use the strategy, right? We're talking about wealth and freedoms. And if the customer service person starts to get janky with you, you don't even have to get mad. You can be like, you know what? Well, I think I'm just going to have to pull my, you know, resources and go somewhere else. To which point the bank manager comes out, the branch manager comes out and they ask you what the problem is and you tell them what the problem is. And then at that point, it's like, they really want to keep your service. So now they upgrade the the products and services that are available to you. It's levels to this. And he ended that with that line and he just dropped the mic and exited exited the stage he said that was his last line for this paragraph for this for this chapter instead of wasting your mental energy getting mad direct it towards getting rich <laughs> so go ahead and make that list um, of the freedoms you will gain when you are wealthy 
I'll continue to marinate on what that means for the rest of us moving forward. Um, hmm. I just took a sneak peek at chapter eight. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and charge those of you who are my regulars here. <clears throat> how to love children, how to love, let me give you my blessings. So I'm going to charge you with love, with a high vibrational love, a 528 hertz type of love. I'm going to charge you with the love of your life, if that's what you desire. And remember that you are the first love of your life. You spend 24-7, 365 with yourself, and you know what you love, what you love, you know, what makes you laugh, cry, your dreams, your goals, aspirations. So show up for yourself, boo. Going to charge you with light and black light because black light illuminates invisible. And in this sense, we got some hidden gems. Going to charge you with health, with wealth, with wisdom and prosperity. Until the next Money Making Monday reading of How the Rich People Think. Please be best. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you at the top.